Draymond Greenface. Wait, no, no, no. I've used Draymond way too many times up here. Um, he just signed a Converse. Yeah, he got the bag from Converse. Skip Bayless face? No, no, it just doesn't seem. I need I need a new face. So multiple guests has been up here multiple times. I feel like I need a different face every time. But James Dolan V. George, what did you call me? James Dolan face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I see where you we're going cover, right away. You can't cover the employees. Door no more feet. <laughs> Man. All right. Yep. Get right into it. Not in We're right into it. All right. So for those who get the joke or reference, uh, your man Spike, who is synonymous with MSG in the Knicks. Um, as a matter of fact, I know people that may name Spike before they can actually name a Knicks player outside of Ewan and Starks. Anyways. Your man, <laughs> Jimmy D, kicks Spike. Spike, yes, that's Spike Lee. Yes, do the right thing. Get orange glasses, uh, front center every Nick game, good, bad, and different. Yeah, that's Spike. Your man, Jimmy D, kicked him out of the garden. And why? Why, George? Why did he kick him out? Because he don't want him to use the employee interest no more. They have a VIP entrance for VIPs, and supposedly, allegedly, he was sent the information, but he never got it. So he didn't know. That's why he was going through the employee entrance that he's been using for 28 years. Where do you stand on this? Because I know where I stand, and what's your thoughts? If I've been doing something for 28 years, you come and tell me I can't do it today. I'm going to be upset, too. I've been doing this for 28 years, fam. I can't do it today. Nigga. And I just did it the other night. Not like last week, and you told me right. it changed. I just did it the other night. And now you're telling me, after I'm inside already with a ticket scanned. Right. Go outside. Oh, you can't do this anymore. Um, security needs to see you. What? They told to go walk walk two blocks outside with your celebrity self and then come back around to the front door. <laughs> Yo. Fam, That's crazy. If I'm Spike, I'm taking my fandom and I'm going to Brooklyn. As much as it may hurt me to leave a team and I've been a doc, you don't treat somebody. That's like the Lakers telling Jack, um... Yeah, you can't sit here no more. You got to sit someplace hey. else. Excuse me? That's crazy. He, he said that he's not going to no more games this year. But speaking of him talking, I'm, I'm going to need my heroes from the 90s not to speak on shows no more in the 2020. <laughs> because between Spike talking on first take and... And Mike Tyson on that Sugar Ray podcast, I don't really need to hear them speak no more. Like, like, like verbally, our 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 nineties heroes are struggling. Fam, Mike has his podcast. He has a podcast, and like when he did the HBO special, it was funny because it's like it's Mike. He's up here raw. He's talking. 
But when you hear him like try to hold the actual conversation, you like, fam. Are are you Rocky Balboa, nigga? Did did do you got brain damage? Did you see that clip? Or I well, I, all I saw was the clip from the shade room, and the dude was dead serious talking about he's trying to calm down the monster inside, and he's like crying with tears in his eyes, and the dude started laughing. He's like, it's not funny. I'm like, it is funny. <laughs> Like, far be it for me to disagree with Mike Tyson, but this is funny. Yeah, the I, way you Mike, talk is funny. I'm sorry, Mike. Mike's on this uh this kick of uh I guess looking in uh you know the the reference of looking in a like when they do these movie references and the older person looks in the water and they see um mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like Mike's at that point in his career now where he's looking back at younger Mike and he doesn't like what or who he was. Mm-hmm. So now he's on this uh, I'm a better person. I've changed. I don't like who I was path. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Mike, we, we, we get that. We, we understand it. You're not the same person. You haven't moved the same way in years. We get it. Right. But I guess now he's on his uh, I need the world to know. That I've actually changed. That I'm actually in a good space. But I would have laughed too if I was that guy. Because I wouldn't have known if he was... See, that's the problem with Mike. Because his voice, you don't know whether he's serious or whether he's joking. Sheesh. Have you ever been in that situation where somebody says something serious to you and you laugh because you couldn't really gauge? Yeah. Because I have a lot of sarcastic friends. And um, a lot of times I am that friend. So, I kind of get where he's coming from. So, like, even today, like, I, I um had a conversation with one of my boys. I was like, sorry, I couldn't pick up the, I couldn't pick up the call when you hit me up because I was already on the phone with my boy in Dallas. Dude just started laughing. He was like, you ain't got no friends in Dallas. So I was like, no, I'm, I was like, no, I'm dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> like, please believe me. I'm not lying. <laughs> so I I completely understand that yo. Yeah, I I don't have a I, I'm dead serious, but I've had uh, plenty of oops just in conversation, especially in this day and age. Uh, I went to the movie theater the other day, and uh, I'm gonna say the person who helped get our tickets was yes. Um, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this without getting canceled. Um, okay. He was, he was a transsexual. He was a transsexual. Okay. And my normal instinct when I'm talking to any person that identifies as male, I always mm-hmm. call them boss. So mm-hmm. after I was helped with my tickets, I was like, thanks, boss. And I, I immediately caught it afterwards. I'm like, ooh, I guess that can go either way. But I meant to like, Thanks, my nigga. And it really wasn't supposed to be to my nigga. But anyway, that's that's my my time of uh I'm not gonna say empathy, but trying to be relatable in this right. message. But that's neither here nor there. Um I know you're not big on baseball, so I'm not gonna bore you with uh facts. They be trying to make me talk baseball on my my sports show all the time. I don't talk I don't talk baseball till October and the Yankees are in the playoffs. 
Other than that, you keep perfect that junk. baseball. That's, that's perfect time. <laughs> I know they gonna listen to this and crack up. We all like talking baseball, y'all know. So I force me. <laughs> this Connecticut, y'all don't have a um. Connecticut doesn't have a baseball team. Just the minor Absolutely. league, right? Yeah, just minor league. Yale. We don't got a team, no sir. We all we got. What do we have? We don't have a hockey team no more. Just got the Huskies. Well, that's not a bad team to. Uh, it's not a bad team to have. Just us. And the Connecticut Sun. Don't do that. Oh yeah, forgot about them. Shout out to the Connecticut Sun. I, I don't know if that really means anything, but no, we got a relationship with them, so it's like. At the sports show, so they're some cool people. Like, people from my show work with them, so I don't want to mess that up. So, shout out to them. Even though I heard like half the team got traded, but it is what it is. Are you up here brewing beer? I'm not going to say spilling tea, and I'm stealing that for Joe, from Joe. Or stirring Kool Aid, huh? Who, me? No, absolutely not. Unless you hear my daughter's aquarium in the background. Is that what you're talking about? Are you stirring the Kool-Aid there, sir? <laughs> no. Nah. Um, trade deadline is past NBA season. I know uh, who, or I think I know who you have as MVP. Um, I guess my question to you, do you think with so many games missed that Zion has a chance to steal a rookie of the year? I don't. I really don't. Because he, he, the most games he could possibly play is somewhere in the 30s. And I don't see them playing him every single game to finish out the season. He's going to take, he's going to take another game off. So um, that being said, I don't see that happening. Even though he, there's a chance that he might get his team into the playoffs over um over Ja Ja Morant and the and the Grizzlies because they're kind of hitting the wall down there in Memphis. So um, they said that when Patrick Ewing won, he played 50, 50 some games. I forgot who it was, but the the the, the smallest amount of games. A rookie of the year has played in one that is in the 50s. And what's the name? Still going to be 20 short. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's only if he plays all the remaining games. So I, and I don't think he's going to do that. So I think it's Jaws to lose. Are you impressed with what you've seen so far from Zion? Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm just mad he couldn't didn't get started at the beginning of the season. Um a lot of people showed their colors like they had a little Zion hate to them in the very, very, very beginning. And everybody jumped on the Jaw train. And uh, granted, you know, Jaw's like, you know, we've seen, but my thing is, we've seen Jaw before in many other reincarnations. Like this Zion thing, this is weird. This is very weird. And, What's your closest uh, reference uh, to Jaws in terms of relatable? Because I agree with you, we have seen this person before. But what, who comes to mind when you when you say John Moran in terms of comparison? Oh, Westbrook. 
Westbrook, absolutely. First person that comes to my mind is Westbrook. Um, next, if I had to pick up somebody else, I would say Derrick Rose. Come on, man. I was just getting ready to say a young D Rose. Um, yeah, that fast, that 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 athletic, trying to dunk on the whole world. Like, I you love it, you love it. But what Zion is doing at like six six, seven hundred and twenty five pounds is ridiculous. <laughs> Yo, every time they say that dude weight, he get heavier. I promise you. I don't know why they play with that man. He need to drop some of that weight, though. I just told he somebody really yesterday, if Zion could be a chiseled 260, he, he's he's a problem. Drop down to 260 that's LeBron, and just though. muscle. But that's what I'm saying. Drop down to 260 and just be muscle, yeah. It's going to be a long season, 82 games. For uh, whoever has to defend him, imagine that if he gets if he gets to that now while he's still young, whew, that would be insane, yo. I, I enjoyed the LeBron Zion matchup the other day. Um, I did hear a lot of talk that uh, after the first game of him pushing AD around uh, that. That if AD sat out the second game, you could tell like what it was. It wasn't a a resting thing, but it was like because he was he was bodying him around the first game, throwing that weight around on offense and defense. I'm pretty sure the way it's looking, he does that to everybody. So I'm 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 not even tripping with the AD thing. I mean, AD told y'all he didn't want to play center, and and you know what it is? We didn't we didn't see enough of AD. To realize that he's legit a power forward. He is not a center. Yeah. When you see him next to JaVale, and even when you see him next to Dwight, like he's not built like them dudes. He's a tall, lanky dude, but he's he's definitely not a center. I uh when I see Zion, um not that I think uh, LeBron, I, I think rookie Shaq in terms of just being able to be a bully, mm-hmm. doing whatever. But I think rookie Shaq would a would a jump shot, and that's scary in itself. I think more Barkley, Larry Johnson. Okay, okay. I'm I'm in that more vein than than Shaq. I mean, what's the um. I don't want to say nothing negative about Shaq, but I mean, Shaq was one of my favorite players of all time, but Shaq was lazy. I think Zion is a harder worker than Shaq. I, I don't think, think that's a, a, I think that's a slight to Shaq. I think um, people have said that about Shaq um, pretty much until he got to L.A. I think people, people have said that. I don't think that's a... Uh, a hot take where people would uh, disagree with you on that. I think most people would say Shaq was kind of lazy when he first came mm-hmm. into. Um, I don't want to ask your MVP because I feel like you're going to say LeBron James. I and- think I feel like you had me on this show and you're typecasting me, and you, you you're not asking me questions. And Who's your MVP? Giannis is my MVP. Really. Surprise! 
I think you're only saying that. I'm telling y'all, I'm telling you, I'm not a LeBron fan specifically. I just don't follow with the whole crowd with all the philandering that y'all do and hating on everything that this man does. I'm not a LeBron fan. Like, I'm not a blind witness. Can't give that man MVP when Giannis is averaging like 30, leading the league and rebounding, and he only playing like 28 minutes. That joke is crazy. I mean, outside of the heat, just destroying them last night, he'd been running through everybody else. I don't want to spend much more time on basketball because I feel like me and you could have a basketball conversation for 60 minutes. But you said Giannis is your MVP, and I don't disagree. Well, I... They Who's your MVP for the young? Huh? What you say? Who's your MVP if it's not Giannis? I don't, I, and you can't necessarily call him the MVP, but what he's been doing in Oklahoma, Chris Paul, because he was supposed to be sent to. That's the that's the the it's North. <laughs> that nigga was sent to the North when they sent him to Oklahoma. So, I, for what he's what he's been able to do in Oklahoma. And still keep them like not relevant, but you know, winning games here and there with pretty much next to nothing. Reggie don't say so, but I would say Chris Paul. I mean, I can't just advertently give it to LeBron because okay, yeah, you're number one in the West, but that's expected. There's a lot of it's not that wasn't expected. Stop it. Eh, there it, you it, go. Yeah. There you go. KD left. KD left. Warriors is banged up. Uh, no one knew how Westbrook and Harden was going to work out. So, yeah, That's it was not them. expected. Clippers have, the Clippers have signed every dark-skinned dude. <laughs> every dark-skinned dude with big eyes have signed to the Clippers for the past 10 months. It, it's an accomplishment what they're doing. LeBron is definitely second. I'll give Chris Paul – I think that would be a trip if Chris Paul was, like, most improved or something like that. Like, that would be that would be crazy. I, I mean, he deserves to get something. No, he don't deserve to get nothing. That man is making, like, 20 – about $30 million a year. And he doesn't want to be traded, too. He doesn't want to be bought out. <laughs> well, I don't say he doesn't want to be traded. He doesn't want to be bought out. Yeah, give him money. money. He's give about his money. Give him money. I smart. Which is smart. Um, what did you think about him uh, pretty much saying the Rockets' ownership? It seems like there's a pad now where they aren't forthright with players and what they're going to do. They tell them one thing and then they do something else. What's your feelings on that whole situation? I agree. I kind of agree. They're playing 2K. They trade <laughs> like they're playing 2K. They, tra- they trade people like they're playing 2K. It's like. I, I I was so shocked when they traded for uh, for Westbrook. I'm like, y'all just gave up. Like the the Clippers team is the Clippers team because of the Rockets. Remember, Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams, mm-hmm. all them dudes was all them dudes was Rockets. If they were just patient, James Harden would be in a way better situation right now. But, I, I mean, I do give them, 
I do give them them fl- their flowers because they they try their best to go after it no matter what. While everybody was standing pat and while the Warriors was like cheating and signing everybody they could. Here we go. Everybody was like, well, we're just going to wait on this Warriors thing to end before we make any moves. And they still fought back and tried to do something. So, I mean, shout out to them. Kudos to them. Where you want us, uh, James Harden, Giannis, back and forth? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm a numbers person, so I gotta side with Harden on it. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Giannis did it too many. He did it at the draft. He did it at the the All Star draft when he was like, um, I'm taking Kemba because I want somebody that's gonna pass me the ball. Yeah, and Harden is averaging way more assists than Kemba is. Start off there, and then when he gets to the press conference, he wasn't like, "Well, we just try to run it. We just try to create." He didn't say we try to create mismatches. He said, "Whoever Harden was guarding, that's who we going against." <laughs> I was like, "Dang, bro, what is her name?" And when did he steal her from you? Like. Like, what's her name, bro? Like, sheesh. You are going hard. So, when they got him, when Harden had his chance to speak, I mean, you know, in a rap battle, it's not always facts that win. <laughs> that dude just, that dude was like, I would love to have be seven foot and just dribbling a dunk. That don't take no skill. I mean, the first two parts were right. The last part mm-hmm. about taking no skill. All right, that's... That's kind of you being a hater, but you were you deserved that because he roasted you twice. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, he deserved to say that. So and like Giannis kind of retorted on some "I don't care" type stuff. So it's like it almost makes me want to put all my allegiances down. I, I want to see a Rockets Bucks finals, fam. I I I, I was hoping. Because we can't get it no other time except in the finals. But I want to see playoff atmosphere, Giannis and Harden going at it. Like, but we won't ever get that unless it's the finals. And I doubt the Rockets are going to make it to the finals. They got a good chance. Mm. They got a good chance. I'll tell you what. If the Clippers see them before they they see the Lakers, the Clippers ain't seeing the Lakers. The Clippers built their team so Laker-centric that they're weak to a couple other opposing teams in the West. And Houston is one of them. And the the Nuggets are another one. They, and like they, what are they, like third or third seed or something like that? Like six or seven games behind the Lakers, they better watch it because this little small ball thing that we was laughing at from the Rockets. I mean, I know they lost to the Knicks last night, but that's the first um, that's the first mess up so far. They've been looking good. Shout out to uh, the Golden State Warriors for implementing that small ball, making that. Uh, the the popular thing now. Shout out, shout out to the State Warriors. Um, did nothing. They take uh, small ball serious. Hey, you know what else people 
take serious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not the Warriors no more. Yeah. You, you wait till next year. Draft picks and uh, I'm wait all up. day. You wait. I'll um wait. I saw a post. gonna break something else. Here you go. I saw a post about things that black people take serious. I'm gonna read them off and see if either you wanna add something or think something should be taken off. But this gotcha. is things black people take serious. Number one on the list is spades. Absolutely. Are you a spades player? Absolutely. I Have learned the hard way. I, I wasn't a spades player before I got to um, Hampton University, my alma mater. And I got down there and I found out very fast if I wanted to make friends as a broke <laughs> as a broke freshman as a broke fr- when you're a broke freshman and you're in the dorm and you have no money for no club but no party it ain't no free party at the student union and you're in them dorms if you don't know how to play spades you're just chilling and watching and do- so yeah you better learn how to play spades question so, absolutely have you ever been in any situation where you had to teach your significant other how to play spades? Nope, and I won't. Why? I won't do it. It's, it's spades is too spades is too complicated, and I like to keep peace in my house. <laughs> and um, I just know my weaknesses. I mean, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher in some stuff, but if I can't get tough. I, I I don't think I could be as effective and I don't like to be in tough with my wife because yeah. All right. Like, I is... can't I can't even look certain ways sometimes. Why are you making your face like that? Like I'm I'm just <laughs> I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, um, you gotta tell him it's not you, it's not you. The dude ran the yellow light. <sighs> So, all right, so you could teach your kids, but you wouldn't be able to teach your wife. Right. I could teach my son. I'll teach Trey. I don't think my daughter would even take the time that it required to learn how to play space. She's not going to hear this, but I don't think my daughter's black enough. For space. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll keep it a buck. I hope she doesn't listen to this. Reese, if you listen, I'm sorry. Hey, man. <sighs> And if you're not listening and you want to be a listener, whatever face podcast because your dad just put you on blast, it's okay. Right. It's okay. Right. I think I can. Uh, if you're willing to listen, I can teach you. But we haven't been put in a situation where we're playing against other people, where it's like, all right, now we're put to the test. Um, oh, I thought it was like. I guess I assume that I'm teaching them under this. Like I'm like it's a crash course and we about we about to play in like fifteen twenty minutes type oh, situation. No. no, like oh, if you okay. had time yeah, actually, no, I would definitely teach. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I wouldn't do that either. Like under the gun. Like if like my wife doesn't know how to play and she asked me the other day to teach her. Now if we were sitting in front of two other people and they were like, "Yo, who's your team?" I would have to be like, "Sorry, baby, sit this one out and get right. somebody else that could play." But if it was in an instance where I had time to teach, yeah, I don't mind. Teaching you okay. like, yeah, not under the gun. Right. I wouldn't yeah, do that yeah. under the gun. You're okay, crazy? all right, cool. Because it seems like the majority of spades teaching sessions come under the gun. Oh, you want to play spades? I don't know how to play spades. Let me teach you how to play real quick. And then you got to run it down for them real quick. And 
And then they renege on the first daggone hand, and you, oh man, oh. they they is me. You talking about me? They they is me. <laughs> they my is first, me. First <laughs> they my is very I. first time learning how to play was under the gun. It was legit at a lunch table, and they were like, "Yo, we playing spades. You know how to play?" And of course, I answered yes. I played <laughs> one. <laughs> Worst mistake in my life, but. <laughs> It taught me, all right, next time, you know, they say fake it till you make it. That's one thing you probably don't want to fake it with because you can lose your life with spades. For Things real. black people take serious are check. Gives me my monies. Yes. Knowing who all over there. That's that's a fact. If I'm 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 not a who all over there person. Nah, man. You invite me to cook out, man. Who there? Who cook? I've never been a, who's there? I'm proud of myself for never being a who all over there person. You just show up? I just go. You don't strike me as a person that has many uh enemies, so I can see that. Yeah, I'm kinda I'm kinda Tom Hanks with it. <laughs> like everybody love me. If you don't like if you don't no nah, big facts, if you don't like me, like something's wrong with you. Like I'm nice to everybody. But I'm like I'm really a jerk if you don't like me, though. Like, there's no middle ground. Like, I'm either really I rock bad. with you or I, I hate you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I wouldn't say hate. I don't hate nobody. Let's no, I'm not saying you. Like, the, the you yourself. Oh, other people. Which would be oh, either yeah. I like you oh, or yeah. I you're definitely. You. Yeah, you definitely hate me because I'm, I'm black and white. There ain't no gray area with me. Like none, so that's why I just try to stay on people's good side because I know I am like, <laughs> I'm as the Jamaicans say, I'm dark, <laughs> I am dark, bro. <laughs> I, I would, I would love to because I know how you are, I would mm. love to see that instance where you have to step out of that and go to the other side. You really, bro, I'm. <laughs> As, I, I would love to see it because I feel like I'm the same player. Ask the fellas in the group chat in the, when I'm in the Xbox party. Oh, you oh, PlayStation dude, you would know. Find yeah. like talk to me when somebody ain't defending their man on 2K and we in the wreck. <laughs> Ask Rav, like would you stay on your man? I don't need help. <laughs> the whole party gets quiet for a second. <laughs> I don't know why 2K is not on this list, but it should be because that's Fact. 2K series as well. So, uh, not eating everybody cooking. True, I'd say grace, but if it looks crazy, if it looks crazy, then I won't mess with it. But I was always the <laughs> I'm a big dude, so I ain't got no say. I was always a dude that was excited <laughs> for the potluck when I was in corporate America. <laughs> a lot of people were like, <laughs> what was potluck, bro? <laughs> Ready. Always looking for the Spanish food first. Yo, if there's a potluck and you don't have Spanish food, fam, I'm not really touching away. everybody else's food. Show me the rice and peas and the rotisserie chicken because I know you brought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ain't, yeah, I ain't eating everybody's version of potato salad. I ain't eating everybody's version of chicken. Yeah, man. Oh, but when you bring out that yellow rice, though. 
Yeah, you no. bring out your rice. You got me sold already. Even I if I don't like what, what else you got on that. the. What what else you got on the table? I may not eat, but I see y'all rice. All right, all right, all right. Let me exactly. Let me go get a spoon of rice at least. <laughs> um, people taking off and running in public. That's what black people take serious. I, I, yeah, nigga, you start running. Guess what? <laughs> said said did it best on <laughs> Kings of Comedy. What, what what they running for? What, what they running for? Yeah, and asking now he asked. Remember, he asked that question way after the fact, while trying to catch his breath. <laughs> what were we ready for? Uh, Accurate. I think I would love to get your opinion on this one because it's gonna move us into the next topic. But Brandy versus Monica. You already know how that goes. But you know what? I have a weird take on Brandy versus Monica, and I, I need to know how you feel about this because, like. I mean, one to like take. I actually, no, I did kind of talk about this on, on Facebook one time. I feel like, even though you know, Brandy's a vocal bible, love her to the moon. I feel like the people that pick Monica's songs, her A and R people, whatever it's called, are better than Brandy's. Because I... I feel like. I feel like the people that pick Monica's, I feel like the people, it's Monica and it's Keisha Cole. For them, and and I'm I'm not saying that Monica is as bad as Keisha Cole, but the songs that they pick for them are always perfect. Yeah. They got hits for day. Like, if you really want to go, like, hits, they got more hits than Brandy. I think uh, that's interesting. That's an interesting point to that because singing wise, Brandy has the better vocal ability. But right. in terms of, like you said, people being able to pick, like listen to Brandy's record and be like, "That's the single." Go that's with the that. hit song, right? Um, she doesn't have that, it's- and I think that's because she was dealing with family for a lot of those years, and that kind of clouded out everybody else's judgment, who may have been the experts. So to say. Think about it. Since Full Moon, what big single has Brandy put out? How like, many albums hit she record? Has Full Moon. Hold on. Hold on. She's had. She's had. Don't, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna help you out because I got every album in my joint. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. She's had great songs on these albums. She's, she's had, had twenty-seven singles. All right, since Full Moon, she's had Aphrodisiac. Yes, she's had Human, and she's okay. had Two Eleven. There's three albums since she's had the the Full Moon record. Two thousand four. What year was on uh, Human? Human was two thousand eight, and Two Eleven was a couple years. Well, dang, time flies. That was eight years ago. Now, Aphrodisiac, nice, nice album. Human, amazing album. 211, amazing album. What was the hit records from them? From Aphrodisiac, uh, talk about our love. Who is she? Right. Did you? And then Aphrodisiac, the actual uh, title track. Now, Monica's last, let's see here. 
let's just compare the years. What's this? After the storm, that's 2003. So gone. Has Brandy has a song as big as So Gone since since Full Moon? No. People are still people was doing the So Gone joint a couple so years gone ago. So Gone challenge, right? yeah. Yeah, that's so going challenge. That thing that kind of um brought that gave that record life again. But yeah, I, she don't. Brandy don't have a so gone if since. Hmm. See what I mean? Gigantic record. Um, let's see here. Her 2010 album, she redid that everything to me joint, like the old school joint. Hmm. Big record. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 So like whoever's in charge of picking this girl's album, I mean picking her singles out of the out of the stuff that they get to the album, they're geniuses. Because they're always picking the right songs for her. Always. Nobody's saying, yo, did you hear that Monica? When's the last time somebody said to you, Did you hear that Monica album? <laughs> 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 Yo, fam, you you gotta stop what you're doing and listen to this Monica album. Oh man, I will give you my tax return if somebody said that to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a that's a that's a good point though, because and I think that just goes to show like Who's in your corner? Who's backing you? Because mm-hmm. whoever picked that so gone, and then the remake, like you said, those are monster records for monster. You go, you go, Monica to do. You, you have both of them do a show right now. Monica do so. You know, so gone's on that uh, set list. Yes, like Brandy got to do all the joints from the first couple albums. Don't get me wrong, but. If like you know, we love battle rap too. If you want to shake a room, play the intro of that so gone. Just the 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 music part. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So gone. It'll no shake. Yep, that'll shake the entire room. All right. Yeah. Well, you. They know how to pick them, man. They know how to pick them. But speaking to knowing how to pick them, and since. On the R&B topic, being that it's been brought up, uh, people saying R&B is dead and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. and you got people like uh, JD and Puff talking about they're, they're getting refocused for this R&B relaunch. If you were had to be locked in a room with producers, writers, you, you're a writer yourself, but writers mm-hmm. and an artist who would you rather have producing the, the R&B, your R&B record, J.D. or Puff? Or is there somebody else you think could go in that conversation where you would say, screw both of these people, give me this person and this team? See, yeah, I don't want to get too meta because I'm going to get too like deep into it because I know people, people, but if I had to pick between those two, it's hard for me to say because it's like if I'm if I'm picking Puff, I'm kind of picking 
the hitman. I'm not picking. I'm not technically. I'm not picking Puff. Mm-hmm. I'm picking like Stevie J and the people like that was behind Faith First album and the first one twelve and like you really can't lose because those guys were behind some of the greatest R and B records like like J D was behind Jagged Edges and the Escape the Escape joints and like when you think about the Escape and Jagged Edge and Monica too like their singing was just. Yeah, it was, just, it was it was decent. They could hold a note. Yeah, but the hits that came out of those camps was crazy. But then, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like the albums from the Bad Boy Camp was better. My life, first faith, first one twelve. Um, Carl Thomas, emotional. I was just getting ready to say, Carl Thomas don't get enough credit non B conversations. Oh, the second one, twelve, second faith, the first Mary. Um, uh, you're missing, even though they weren't on Bad Boy, but you're missing out on Jodeci because that's the under Jodeci, Kelly Price first. I mean, even though, no, nah, you can't count Kelly technically because she went to Def Jam, and that was like more R. Kelly. Um, and them on that joint. So yeah, I, I would. I think I would pick Puff if I had to go between those, those two. I would but pick Puff. if you looking, if you looking at the flip side of that, you uh, and talking about JD, uh, not to say he did it by himself, but he also gave us confessions. That's true, but that was more of a narrative that they, that was more of a story they were telling than the actual music. Ooh. I think I just revealed that I'm I don't yeah. I'm no, not as no. high in, I'm not as high in confessions as everybody else is. And why is that? Okay. I'm just it was just a story that was telling. They just rode the wave of the actual story. It was a dope story. It was a soap opera. And they just rode the wave of it and then it turned it out to be a bunch of hit records. Behind some incredible songs, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people are saying like Confessions is like the best R&B album of that time, and there was a lot of things going on back then that were just as good and some probably even better. But if I had to sit down and pick a, a, a producer from that time period, I would probably go with Babyface. Okay. Because... Oh. Babyface doesn't let you down. He ain't gonna give you no money, but yeah, he ain't gonna let you down either. Well, Puff, come on, man. <laughs> Puff was in there at the at the, at that pre Grammy dinner. You need to make this right. Mace was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> it's funny you feel that way. <laughs> Puff still ain't said nothing yet. Not even the slightest response. You're in music. I had a conversation with somebody in music as well. Mm -hmm. You're in music, and I'm going to ask you, where do you side with that Puff and Mace as an artist? I'm with Mace. I'm with Mace. It it makes me completely livid. As we talk about these things now, 
it makes me so upset that like pop pop stars, white stars, could put out an album. Like all them people from the nineties that put out albums and stuff, they're still around and they're still like valid and stuff like that. But like all our stars from the nineties that gave us all this music that we brag about, who really care about them anymore? Like I mean, they're still around and they still gig, but it's like they just throw them all on one big concert. Essence Fest. Essence, Essence Fest. Fest. Like, or like they wanted to surprise people to come out for the BET Awards and everybody lose their mind for four minutes and then forget them again forever. <laughs> and they bring them out on the Soul Train joint. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And they and then they just forget them again forever. Like, they still be like, why why doesn't Faith have an album out now? Like, it can't just be Mary J. Like, who knew that it was gonna be Mary J and not Faith that was gonna stand the test of time? Where's yeah. Kelly Price at? Like, where's Carl Thomas at? Like, I know Joe's still making records. Joe getting a check from the power theme that he may not ever have to come back and do an actual album for. No, um, Joe's still touring. Joe's still touring. Joe's out there. DJ plays for Joe. They be all they be all in uh, Japan. Well, I know with this corona, I know they ain't gonna be over there. But yeah, they be over there. <laughs> so you you said you side with Mace, so that means you you agree with Meg Desian. That she's getting uh, mistreated by the label. Lord God, poor Meg. Fam, did you see her her breakdown of her alleged deal? I heard. Why am I laughing? It's not funny, but I heard that. I got you. I got you. Yeah, please. I heard that it's not actually fifteen thousand, but all all the details around it, everything else is true. But All it's right. more than fifteen thousand. Yeah. So essentially, her deal, and I don't know why she signed this deal, but the label gets fifty percent of publishing, thirty percent of touring, thirty percent of merchandise, and they control all the merchandising rights. And what's left to her? So she she's in a sixty forty split with the the label. And from her 40, she has to pay featured artists, mixers, remixers, engineers, and she says she only get 15 from that. So you're saying And just, she has to she has to pay her performances. She don't get that. That's, and you still say that <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And you're saying that you agree with Mace. Now, I'm only going back to the conversation that we had with the whole R&B thing. Mace is coming off of a red-hot bad boy label. Oh, that was 30 years ago. That's not my, 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 that's not my point. Don't minimize, don't minimize my point. The point is that he came off a red-hot bad boy label that at the time, the look was already put together for him. The sound was already familiar. Like, you can't tell me, okay. You know how sick and toxic that is? I mean, this is my issue with Puff, yo. You're legit getting 
direct deposits and checks. <laughs> and like I've I've got I've got pub stuff from my own stuff. And it tells you where it's coming from. So when you get this pub check from from the Mace album, like you don't feel no way. That don't do nothing to you. Like you ain't oh my gosh, like that's cold. That is cold as ice, man. He said he offered him two mil for the pub deal back, right? If it's not worth if it's worth more than two mil right now, why would I and help me help me through it because I'm not an artist, so I don't know. But I'm thinking from trying to see both sides of the spectrum here. And the business side is speaking to me more saying, well, if it's not worth two million now, it's a little bit more than that. And you offer me two. No, I'm not going to sell it for two because it's valued more now. Oh, like like the two million thing. He just wants his publishing because he just wants to make. Um, there's a producer from. Uh, shoot, I forgot his name, but Dion's been working with him. Very, he's in Delaware, and he's like trying to help artists and musicians and songwriters make stay-at-home money. Stay-at-home money is that that's what it is. You stay home and you just collect your money from your songwriting, your publishing, and whatever's going on. So. First off, before you do that, before you finish, I'm sorry. uh, That's a dope concept. I said on Instagram, and I was like, I absolutely love that. Um, That stay at home thing that you're talking about. I love that. But yeah, I'm sorry. I I don't want to disrespect him trying to get his name. I don't know why I'm not remembering. I'm going to kick myself for not saying his name because dude is a dope producer. Oh my gosh. Why I'm not remembering this man's name? And of course, Dion didn't pose him. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Dana, Dana Sarez. Okay. Gosh, I wasn't getting his name right. Yes, Dana Saray. Dana Saray is DC Baz on um Instagram, and he's talking about how like pretty much when you do this music work and stuff like that, and like people use your music in commercials and and in different things and they played in stores and stuff like that that's the song those are your songs out there working for you and you get bread off that and he's collecting these people's money like that's crazy i understand what you're saying from a business standpoint of course like but it's some that's some cold business real how is it cold business if we we get into this thing as a and <clears throat> sort of what the Olivia was talking to Rich about on Love and Hip Hop the other day? Like she on the impression that Rich stole from her, and Rich is saying, "But I brought That's you the different. song." I didn't I didn't even watch this one this episode, but they, I'm pretty sure they're just saying the same thing over and over again. Of if course, she if if Rich if Rich just brought her the record. And all she did was sing it. She's not really collecting nothing off that. So how is that she's, different she's not from nothing but like perform performing? All right. So I get that it's different for rap because you have to write your own lyrics and all that other stuff. But if mm-hmm. I'm giving you the product, you sign a pub deal when you first become an artist. 
and no. to a label, whatever it is. Not not everybody like a label deal. Not everybody gets a pub deal. Not yeah, a label deal. And mm-hmm. you you already in agreement that you're giving. Well, you may not know, and that's part of the problem is that you don't know. So you find yourself like Meg, where you say, "Yeah, y'all can take this, that, and the third. And then when you look at what you're doing and what you're getting back, it's like, okay, well, what's going on here? I'm just trying to figure out the difference between Rich saying, yeah, this is my song, you just a vocal piece to it, and May saying, okay, well, I wrote the lyrics, and Puff being like, but I gave you everything else. All right, here, here it is. What Rich did with Olivia is what I do in my albums. Mm-hmm. I asked somebody to feature on the song. I wrote the song. I pay for the studio time. Mm-hmm. I pay for the producer. I pay for the mixing. I pay for the mastering. I pay for the packaging. You sang. And if you worked out and we worked out an agreed upon fee, I pay you to sing on the song. That's where it ends. Because it's still my property. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So that's where Rich is coming from. I understand where she's coming from because that song got hot and it was certain different places and stuff like that. But she's supposed to make her money off that from her bookings and her performances of the song because she has the permissions to use the song. Mm-hmm. Now, the Mace thing is completely different because Mace was writing his lyrics. Mace was writing Puff's lyrics. So that yo puff is a G. He getting publishing of lyrics that he rap that, that he didn't write. write. That's crazy. But it, is it is it and he's not don't get me wrong, Puff's not the only person that's done this. Like any you watch any episode of Unsung on TV one, a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people from the nineties have gone through this. A lot. A lot. A lot, eighties, nineties, and obviously still now. You need to get a good lawyer. You need to get somebody to look over your contract before you sign them. I mean, I don't. I'm surprised that she had such an extensive deal. She she pretty much said that nobody really looked at her contracts until she signed with Rock Nation, and that was recent. Yeah, but. I think that's the same that's been happening in the 80s and 90s is when you are enamored with the celebrity or this person coming to your hometown. They heard somebody told them that you could sing, rap, whatever have you. They bring you. You're in front of this person. You you know that they've made it in the music business and they tell you, look, and I think I said this before on this podcast. They tell you, look, I'm here for I'm only here for the night before I fly back out. I'm I'm willing to give you a deal, but it's blah blah blah. I need you to sign it right now. Like nah. most of these people don't think like, okay, well, let me just have <laughs> it read it over. I'll, right. I'll send it to you. Uh, you most people are like, oh, okay. Well, I don't want you to leave the room without Mm-mm. having a secured deal. Mm-mm. Can't do that. Need to send that paperwork over, and if it's just like that, then I'm sorry. Because if they really want to work with you, they'll wait. Trust me. But I think I that's got, my issue with, with, with Meg and Mace. It's like, fam, but you could have avoided this by just like Mace signed over his pub. That's let's let's not act like 
Diddy just stole it. Right. And that's partial not having people in your corner, like you said, the right lawyer to read over stuff and be like, this is a horrible deal. But again, he was a kid. He didn't... I don't, I don't think he he knew the full extent. I don't think he knew the full weight of signing over his publishing. When you stick some money in somebody's face, a teenager face, and you're saying, yo, take this right now. Ain't no teenager thinking. Ain't no teenager... All right. In 1993, was you thinking about how much money you had was going to have in your bank account in 2020? No, but I wish I would have been. <laughs> okay. When I was when I was in Virginia in 94, I wouldn't think about no daggone 2020. I wasn't even remotely thinking about that. So if somebody come up to me talking about we're going to give you this, this, and that, sign here, sign here, I'm not thinking about how if I don't sign, if I just eat some ramen noodles for a couple more years, make some hits, that in 2020 I could just be able to stay home and still get a check off this music. Nobody thinking about that then. No artists that don't have no like proper leadership in front of them. So explain, well, you can't really. Um, so I'm, I'm asking you hypothetical. Explain Meg then, because that you're talking about something artists then, okay, but artists now, people are more than aware of the words publishing and uh, ownership and masters, especially if you're in a music business nowadays. Those I words that's have an been... assumption, bro. It is. It is because it's it like is. it is. They said like her deal is worse than a three sixty. And I, somebody said it was a seven <laughs> Like, and they said like her her mother passed away and her mother was involved in some way. Like, I don't the details on Meg is kind of like the direct details on her situation is kind of sketchy for me. But like the fact that she got did like that, and like the fact that she was just like so blase, like, oh well, Rock Nation is just gonna go in there and and um renegotiate my deal for me. And the record label was like, nah, this works for us. Yeah. We getting paid on we getting paid on everything you did already. And you're not doing nothing new. On no new terms. So I mean, they <laughs> Jay might have to get a little sugar with it. Remember what Sugar did the vanilla ice? Yeah, yeah. Over the balcony, my nigga. Hey, so, this is this is what it is. Um, do you feel like? Do you do you feel like they can get her out of that deal, out without having to do the sugar? Because let's just say they don't get out the deal. How now, as somebody who's just on the ascend, now you take what uh, the stance? I'm not gonna do no more music. They're already eating off of what you did. She better start selling makeup like Rihanna. I don't know, bro. <laughs> like, and then, who knows? They might have that too. Like, and if you do anything outside of the realm of this, off your popularity, like, yo, you never know. Like, maybe she got to change her name. Like, the industries. Oh man, I thought she was. In the, I don't know why. I just assume. I literally assume that everybody's independent because with with technology the way that it is right now. 
you don't really need you don't you don't really get signed till you get popping anyway. Yeah, you, you so, get hot on your own, create your own buzz, and then record labels come to your door. Hey, we got a nice advance for you, but right, you got to get hot on your own. Completely the opposite of what it was thirty years ago. Yeah. Like they used to actually do work thirty years ago. Like they used to go to sessions and open mics and conventions and summits, and then they would find new artists and showcases and stuff like that. And they would just hear somebody sing and give them a deal. Now they got to see your followers first. You have to put out like three, four independent joints on your own before. And then they come and sign you. And then like most of the time, it's not even beneficial for you if you already got a following like that to put your pen to paper with somebody like that. Like it's it's crazy, yo. It's really so, nuts. Is is there um because I'm a little ignorant to this aspect of it, but who would be the R and B version of Russ? And that's somebody that's independent, making crazy money oh, off of who? The under the you said of Russ? Yeah. Who Russ? Russ is the 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 white the white um white rapper. People may not know his name, but he's got platinum and gold records. He can sell out arenas by himself, by himself. No headliner, nobody else. Like, um, independent artist that writes his music, uh, produces his music, and just like all that stuff, he does himself. I'm asking who would be the R and B equivalent to that, where they don't have a label behind them, but they have a voice and a following. PJ Morning. Okay. He's the first person that comes to mind. Like, PJ only had one deal, and that was with Young Money. And he did, like, I think he did two albums with them. I mean, it it did, and I think that was just off the strength of him and his relationship. He had a relationship with Mac Main from before before anything. Mm. And that's how that deal went down. But then I think both sides just came to the table like, it ain't really working, so it just it just went in a different direction. And like he did his own label, which is Morton Records now, which is pretty much him being independent of any like label, whatever. But he might be getting distribution through some people, like the people that like put his stuff out there and stuff like that. But that's the first person that pops in my head. Like I don't really know anybody else's situation like that. Like maybe a chance, but I don't even know if Chance was really independent when he said he was. Because he, he had wasn't. a lot of backing. He wasn't. I think the independent is just a cool thing to say nowadays. True. But true. Chance wasn't independent. There's there's no way in the world um somebody who's independent uh gets that look that Chance got with Apple Music and all that other stuff with no like there's there's a whole bunch of other things that make me believe that Chance wasn't independent, but mm-hmm. um, I I I enjoyed this conversation, sir. Yeah, man, I, I enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, uh, starting five, we didn't get we didn't get start stuck in Sportsville. I was nervous we was gonna get stuck there. No, uh, no I, I no. really wanted to talk about other stuff that I don't get to talk about a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, I, I wasn't gonna uh, keep you trapped in the sports. That was t- 
touching some stuff that that was just important. Uh, the spike thing is fresh and recent, and right. basketball season winding down. So, but uh, you do you have a show, sir, that you're into that you're watching? Movie, um, book, anything? Definitely not a book. I stopped <laughs> reading college. Um, I'm watching for life. Fifty show on ABC. Okay, it's all, all right. right. Yeah, three ep- three episodes in. So far, so good. I forgot the lead actor's name. Joy Bryan is the female co-host. He's a criminal that got wrongly arrested, but now he's practicing law inside jail and he's helping people inside jail. Interesting, interesting premise. But everything else I'm watching is just like old stuff. I'm giving Living Single another turn. <laughs> I've never given like outside of just like watching um reruns like by accident just because you sit on the couch and stuff like that. I've never given Living Single a hard watch outside of the first run. So I'm giving it a I'm giving it a hard watch because a lot of people said I was too hard on it. I've previously said that Living Single was overrated, but now I'm I'm giving Living Single a, a good Good walkthrough, look through right now. I'm on season two. Okay. So I'm giving Living Single a good walkthrough on Hulu. I took a break from going back to watching Atlanta on FX. I did the first season of that again. Um, those dudes are way before their time. They are brilliant geniuses, and that junk is crazy. And um, I'm gonna get in the snowfall after I finish Living Single. You have yet to get into Snowfall. I started Snowfall when it first first came out, and I was just like, "Yeah," and then I stopped. <laughs> okay. Like when it first hit, okay. like it first hit when Atlanta was popping. So then I was like, "Oh, this junk gonna be just as good." And I got into it, and I was like, "Nope." I thought it was just gonna be Atlanta in L.A., but it definitely <laughs> wasn't. But I've been told otherwise, so I'm gonna get into that. And I'm going to try to get around to watching The Office one more time on Netflix before they take it off. Okay. But Full Life is uh, your, your go-to. Um, mine is a show on FX called uh, Thief. Thief. That's it. Just Thief. Um, pretty much around a high crew who's planning to do uh of course the biggest heist yet stealing 30 million from the US government mm-hmm. and uh the person finds out uh he has a 14-year-old stepdaughter and yeah he he has to think about those options as well that responsibility as well and talks and in terms of uh how he can get away uh, clean and still be there for his daughter. Um, Yeah. It's called Thief. Thief on FX. Um, Yeah. If you haven't seen it, that would be my show option for you guys. But uh, thank you, kind sir, for coming up here, hanging out, uh, starting five. Thanks for having me. Starting five Tuesday night, seven o'clock. On YouTube, youtube.com slash starting five and the remix 
Bonafide Radio. We're going podcast only now. So everywhere you get podcasts, search Bonafide Radio and search for the remix. That's my show. Um, you mentioned YouTube. Shout out to YouTube. Whatever face we do have our YouTube channel up. Whatever face podcast. Oh, um, please, yes, man. Please subscribe to us. We are uh trying to give y'all a, a different look outside of just podcast. But um, you said that and just reminded me to plug that. So that's that. I'm gonna come. Um, I'm gonna come down and do that one day. I ain't been to Brooklyn in like five, six years. I, that might be my excuse. Tuesday morning, sir. Whenever you're free. Oh, Tuesday morning. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know you gotta I know you gotta pack Tuesday. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but not in all seriousness, uh you let me know. We guess we can work that out off the air what days work for you and we'll, we'll try to figure cool. something out. But yeah. yeah man. Uh that's all I have. Get your excuses ready. Um <laughs> get your excuses ready that's all I have uh, till next time alright y'all